Infertility Feelings last podcast of the year 2021. So sad. I love this podcast. I know. <laughs> can I say that about my own podcast? You can. can and I? we're we're not going anywhere. No. But we're taking a few weeks off, which is sad yeah. that we don't get to talk. Right. To all of our wonderful listeners. I really wish that there was a way that we could interact, you know, a call-in show. Hey, maybe that's what we need to do next year, call-in show. I love that idea. Jesse, if you had to wrap this year up in one word, what would it be? Better than last year. I like that. Three <laughs> words. But Simple. I like that. Three words. This year could know. have been a two on a scale from one to 10, and yeah. it was better than 2020. <laughs> it was an easy year to follow, I would say. Yeah. Easy year to follow. Yeah. I mean, you didn't really have to do much besides not be the worst year in the last century. <laughs> it's true. We are so grateful for all of the listeners of the Infertility Feelings podcast. When we started doing this, we knew that we wanted to be a place where it was safe to talk about all the feelings that come up during infertility. A lot of the times there is just an overwhelming sadness, an yeah. overwhelming need to grieve uh, and process what's going on in infertility. And this is, I feel like has been a safe place to do that. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesse, for making this a safe place. Whoa. Ooh, turned it on you there. You did. <laughs> no, I think. And, and then you're supposed to say, and you too, Doug. Oh, there it is. Thank you. You know, no, that's what I was going to say. I feel humbled. To, I was going to accept say, this honor. I was going to say, <laughs> I feel like this podcast, this sounds so like self-serving and it's not, I'm not trying to be self-serving, is very unique mm -hmm. for a couple to sit down and talk about all these feelings, which is hard to talk about. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's just a gift to people. And I think that I really feel like it's unique that it's you too, Doug, that you mm. being a male could sit down and talk about, you know, feelings. Like if it's rare for a woman to sit down and talk about the feelings mm -hmm. of infertility, <laughs> it's double rare for a male to sit down and talk about all those feelings and to want to keep talking about it. Like, I feel like yeah. your passion for this group of people has not run out. And I feel like that yeah. has shown itself in this podcast to want to keep talking about it. And I'm super excited for the next year. 2022, we have a lot of great ideas, a lot of great guests that we want to have on. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do feel like this podcast, this 2021, was really also great. And I'm so grateful for it. To me, at the heart of infertility is this need to process what's going on with our bodies and in our relationships and in our futures and ourselves. And to me, that's that never gets old to talk about yeah. because it's so central to what it's like to be a person is all these things happen to us and we have to process them. Yeah. And, you know, probably the, a, a passion of mine is the fact that we don't have great ways to process things. You know, we're very goal oriented society, very driven, very like, you know, some of us. <laughs> I mean, the world is like, like, get to what you want, you know, or, right. or, or just then just like rest and zone out, watch right. Netflix and just chill. Work hard so you can do nothing. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of great areas and places where we can just sit and process. And I mm -hmm. think even listening to you and I process and, and, and the guests that we have on is part of it. You know, you're mm -hmm. you're kind of watching people walk on this road and seeing how you could walk on it too as well so it's just an honor to be able to do this with other with other people such an honor yeah and i'm so grateful that 
just not my mom is listening to this podcast, which I legitimately thought. That's true. You know, we, we also, my mom listens, yeah. you know, we've doubled our audience. Yeah, we doubled it. <laughs> no, in all honesty, actually, this podcast does really well. I know. And it's great. Um, I think it's, it's a place where all people could be involved. And I, yeah. we've been blown away by the numbers, honestly, to, to right. see how many people And all are over listening. the world. Yeah, it's Not huge. just like... We're huge, in the, we're huge in the County. UK. Can you believe that? I know. And Australia. I think we need to visit the UK and Australia. Yes. Take this thing on the road, And baby. Canada. And Canada. Canada. We love Canada. I know. I do love Canada. Our sisters to the north. Which brings us to what we're going to do today. We are going to uh, just take a few minutes of your time before we get to our conversation today to just recap the last year uh, and talk about the future a little bit. Would you call it the uniquely needed roundup? The wrap uni- up. We need a, a Jesse. We need a jingle. Go. It's a roundup with uniquely knitted infertility feelings. Okay, we'll work on it. And we'll work on <laughs> that it. That was so flat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it. <laughs> it's a work in progress. You just put me on the spot. I can't like perform under that much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> really, the only thing to round up and talk about. The only I think thing it's to wrap up. Wrap babe. up. Yeah. Not you round. said roundup. I know though. I did because I was I. You I had watched Woody's Toy roundup. Story. Didn't I did. You? I knew it. I, did. I knew it. <laughs> Woody's roundup. I round watched up. Toy Story two the other day. That's what it's from. Oh jeez. <laughs> you're you're kind of a Disney nerd. You're Disney, oh I am a Disney, Disney nerd, nerd and showing. loud and proud. I don't care. Are Come there at me, are bro. there are there like meek and mild Disney nerds? <laughs> there are only loud and proud Disney nerds. <laughs> I just love Disney movies and you, I love Disneyland. There's no way anyone has ever met someone who's a huge Disney nerd and they're like, yeah, I'm kind of like, kind of like low key about it. All Disney nerds are like, they they have like a t-shirt on that says I'm a Disney nerd. Yeah. Bring it. I'll wear it loud and proud. Really the main thing that we want to recap is the creation and the growth of the uniquely knitted process group this year. Yeah. We didn't even, the beginning of this year, we, we, we had a dream to sit with people and process infertility through a process group. A- and it was only a dream. <laughs> it wasn't until like a life, a, a long dream, a long right, time right. dream coming. But, um, and it wasn't until April that we were able to launch what we, what we called the building resilience program, mm-hmm. uh, six weeks of processing together with people. And we had no idea if anyone was going to join. No idea. <laughs> um, it was something that we knew that the entire infertility community needed to do. Right sit with people in a community type setting and in a guided way, process infertility, process the grief of it, mm-hmm. um, the challenge of it, how much it messes with our future and our current relationships. Mm-hmm. We know that people needed to do that and they were doing that, but we wanted to create a place that if they didn't have an opportunity to do that in their life, they could do it. And it was like so scary to open up. Every time <laughs> open I up open up, up a, yeah. every time we open up the group, I'm like, is anyone going to join? I don't know, but then they do. And even it's so funny because everyone, the first night of even joining the group is always so nervous. And I'm like, nervous. We're nervous too. Like, is this going to click? Is people, are people going to get it? It's a vulnerable thing to do to say, I want to process this with people, kind of get some stuff off my chest and talk about it. Right. Right. And I feel like it has exceeded my expectations more Mm. than I was prepared for even talking about it right now. Like yeah, in every way. In yeah. every way. The amount of amazing people we have met through this program and the change that people have had. Yeah. It's Li- like total life change. Yeah. Total life change. It's just mind blowing. It's it's like I almost can't even put 
into words like how amazing and how honored I feel when I think about this past year in our Building Resilience program and the amazing people we've met and the change that we've seen. So thinking about you, the listener, we want to give you three ways that you can join Uniquely Knitted in this work. Um, and I think they're, they, they go from really, really, really easy to more involved, right? And I think everyone who's a listener of this podcast really, truly could do one of these, th- these three things and help serve the infertility community or help serve yourself and grow. Uh, the first one is this. If you've been listening to this podcast, even for more than even one episode, Will you do me a favor? Do us a favor. Do yourself a favor. Log on to Apple iTunes. iTunes? What is that what it is? Apple Podcasts? Apple Podcasts. And leave us a review. I think it would actually really help. Right now we're at like, I want to say mid-50s reviews. Let's break 100. This year, I think we can do it. Let's break 100 reviews. Um, we We have thousands of listeners let's review it. You know, it's super easy. Log on, make it, make an ID if you have to, and just leave us a review, whatever it is. It could be good, bad, ugly. Um, but those reviews help spread the word of this podcast. So that would be a huge way to serve us. And I don't feel like we're, we're not asking for Doug and Jesse's voice to get out there more. It's the work of this podcast. It's right. talking about, um, a bigger body and infertility and how people need to hear about that. It's talking about infertility and faith and how people need to talk about that. So writing a comment, writing all that, that just gets that message and that um, thing to process out there more in the world. It is not about Doug and Jesse. It is about this conversation conversation that we do. So press pause right now. Press pause. Go leave the review. Come back. Okay. We'll give you a second. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back. No. No? What? Welcome back. The next thing that you could do to really join us in this community is sign up for one of these process groups. I mean this in the most genuine way. Genuine way. I would love to meet you. Yeah. It's debatable. I would. Hey, what the heck? Of course I would. <laughs> we would be so honored. And it is. It's us. It's it's the people that we bring in to lead our process groups. They are genuine, amazing people. And we really, truly mean that we do this for you. We do not do this for us. We do this for you to process your story. Mm-hmm. And we would love to he- hear it and give you some things to help you heal and some tips to help you grieve and all those things. Like, we do this for you. So, here it is. Here's your gift. Yes, Take please, it. please. If you've experienced infertility in any way, or you and your spouse have, and, and you and you want to process a little bit, you want to get yeah. some of this stuff off your chest, it's so normal to do that. If you stick around in just a few minutes, that's what the conversation is going to be about today, is why should we reach out for help, right? Why should we reach out to process some of this stuff? Is that normal? Is it a good practice to have? Yes, it is. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about. But I just want everyone to know that joining a group like this with people who have also struggled to process this stuff and learn some tools for connecting and and getting this stuff off your chest is such a healthy, good thing. So if you're thinking, yeah, I probably should do something like that, just go to uniquelyknitted.org and find your way to our process groups and sign up for one. There's six weeks. It's only a registration fee. 
Um, and it's totally worth it. I yeah. really think you will find that it is worth it and, and not that scary. You know, right. we're all normal people. We just ended one last week and the girl said at the end, she said, I don't know what took me so long to sign up for this. Totally. The process groups have a very similar vibe as our podcast. You know, it's not like this. It's fun. It's great. We have a, a fun time talking about these things at times. Yes, it's serious and emotional yeah. and, and grief happens there. But also at times we can laugh and just process this stuff in a, in a fun way as well. So do it. Uniquelynated.org. Find your way to those process groups. We would love to have you be on board. The third way that you could join us in this work is to become a donor to Uniquely Knitted. Uniquely Knitted is a nonprofit, a registered nonprofit, and we run completely off donations. And really, we run off of monthly partners, people who partner with us to donate monthly. And we would love for you to join us in doing that. If you've listened to this podcast and you've found it beneficial, if you've been in part of our programs, if you want more people to have places to process their infertility, join us. It costs from like the back end side of things, it costs uniquely knitted $500 a year. And we can serve a person for that. We can serve a person, a couple for $500 a year, which is about 42 bucks a month. If you feel like, yes, I want someone to have this goodness, to be able to join these programs and start processing this stuff, Join us. Log on at uniquelynated.org and become a monthly donor for $42 a month. But I do realize that there are people who are like, look, I just listened to the podcast. I right. like it. It's kind of a cool thing. We would love to have you partner with us in any way. We're talking five bucks a month. You know, right. if you're like, you know what? Love this podcast. I'll, you know, kind of like the Patreon style. Like, I'm going to support this podcast. We're talking five, six bucks a month. If that is your contribution to say, hey, I want this work to continue uniquelyknitted.org and find your way to that monthly donation button. Or if you're like, you know what? I really want to connect you with someone or make a bigger donation to make this, this work continue to happen. Please reach out to us, find us on online and partner with us in this way. The reason I'll just say this, the reason that we started a nonprofit was that we never wanted the cost of all of this to have to fall on the person struggling. Yes. We realize that some people who are going through infertility have an opportunity to partner with nonprofits and would love to join us as, as a monthly donor. If you're that person, please just go sign up right now, you know, just go do it. Um, but there are people who are like, that's just not where I'm at. You know, I don't, I barely have the money to afford these treatments. I'm just not financially in a place to do that. We never wanted to come to that person and say, Hey, sign up for these unique process groups. Uh, they're, they're, Three, they're three hundred to five hundred dollars. Right. It would just that's a burden, right? So we we are working, and we always work to make sure our registration fees are the right amount, the lowest amount that they can be. Um, and we don't ever want finances to be a burden to this. So if somebody reaches out to us and they say, "I want to join a group, um, but I can't even afford the registration fee," well, we have you know financial aid available. We have people who can sponsor that person. Getting care should not cost money and it doesn't yes. cost money at uniquely knitted if you need help we are here for you no matter what but the reason we did that was we we knew that people from this community who are capable will step up and do that and they are yep. and, and if you are a donor and you're listening um, you are the reason that we're here you make all of this possible right. if you are listening and you want to be a donor totally do it now is the time mm -hmm. um we would love to have you be part of that community because truly 
we really are changing, I think, the experience of infertility when someone joins us and starts to process. So be a part of it. Join it. We call it the, we have a really fun name for it, this monthly donor community, right? We call them the uniquely committed. committed. How fun is that? You are the uniquely committed and you can be a part of it for any amount, right? Mm -hmm. 42 bucks a month is to serve one person. But if you're like, I'm joining for five bucks a month. Great. Welcome. We want you here. Um, so you can learn all about that at uniquelyknitted.org. Okay. So now you know the three ways that you can partner with us. Leave a review, join a program, sign up to be a donor at any amount. Um, and you, you can do really all that stuff by logging on at uniquelyknitted.org. But today is not over. The year is not over. We still have some exciting things to talk about and an exciting conversation and someone who's really wonderful that we want to introduce you yes. to. Yes. Today, we, the conversation that we really wanted to get to today is this conversation of why you should reach out for help, right? Can I go through infertility by myself? Is it possible just to kind of muscle my way through this, even though it's beating me up emotionally? Why should I reach out? Why should I actually sign up for a, a group here at Uniquely Knitted or wherever you're at? Like, why should I go to a, my, a local support group in my town? Or, or if, if you're involved in a church, like, why should I go to a church group? Why reach out? Well, we're going to talk about it today. And we're going to talk about it with a guest named Natalie Dillo. are so excited to introduce our guest today and introduce this conversation because I think it's a very important one. We are joined today by Natalie Dillo. Welcome. Hi. Yay. Thank you. Natalie is a great friend of ours and part of the Uniquely Knitted family, yes. which is super excited. Uh, before we get to the conversation, I just want to introduce who you are and how you are part of the Uniquely Knitted family. We've known Natalie for a long time and Natalie is a wonderful a group leader, and we have brought her on board to lead process groups in the future. So welcome, Natalie. Thank you. I'm seriously very excited to join. We are honored to have you and honored to have just your, your voice and your opinions. And we have been in groups with you, and we think that you are going to be a wonderful addition to this community. It's pretty hard to follow Jesse and I, but I think you're going to be much better than us. <laughs> pretty much impossible. <laughs> I could never. No, <laughs> never. no. Um, the goal, you know, we've been talking a little bit about Uniquely Knitted going forward in the future, but the goal of, of what we're creating is not just that we would allow a few people to process with Jesse and I, but that this isn't a magical process, right? You know, the Uniquely Knitted model of caring for people is really unique and great, but it, anyone can do it and mm -hmm. anyone can facilitate these group leaders. So we're not magical people mm -hmm. in that we're facilitating these process groups, but we've really invested the time in, in the understanding on how to do that. Mm -hmm. And Natalie, we're, we're grateful for what you're able to bring to this community. Thank you. And honestly, for me, I felt like we were going to have to be really, really, really picky about who we brought in. It's true. No, it's true. We're Wouldn't very you say? picky. Yep. Natalie has been in a rigorous 12-year yeah. <laughs> process. I have been training <laughs> for years for this. So I feel like for me personally, I knew that I was going to be really picky in this process because this feels like something so sensitive and so yeah. personal and so like, oh, I hope, I hope that you do this well. And mm -hmm. I just could not have more faith in a human being that you will be amazing and make this space super safe for 
the members of the infertility community. And mm-hmm. I could just not be more excited for you yeah. to join our team. Thank and you. I think people are going to love you and feel really safe. And it also helps that if you've taken the Building Resilience Program and you know Dr. Karen Bergstrom, you oh. are her daughter. Yes. So that's that a, is also a helpful. That's a fun deep fact. cut right there. <laughs> deep cut. Do you know that when so you... So I really have been in training for this for years. <laughs> yes. From my mother. <laughs> yes. And those of you that don't know, Dr. Karen Bergstrom helped us write this program. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just, that also is a good yeah. check. And you've been through infertility yourself I and have. you understand the yeah. struggle firsthand. Yes. So Natalie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, a, you know, um, where did you grow up? <laughs> no, I, yeah. do you want that or? I mean, as a joking, but like, where are you from? Um, and then maybe if you even can, if, if, if you're willing, yeah. just tell us a little bit about like what, what your experience was with infertility in this community. Yeah. So, I mean, just from where I, yeah, where, where are you I'm from? from, pretty much Orange County. We moved you're Orange around. County girl. I'm an Orange County girl. <laughs> That's right. Um, I lived in Seattle for actually probably about 20 years. <laughs> so maybe not that Orange <laughs> County, but I You lived in Seattle for 20 years? Between the two, as a child, and then yeah. I went back. Where is Seattle? Like, Where is Seattle? Oh, no, not, the state no, of not, Washington. Not, not where is <laughs> <laughs> no, like where in, we're like downtown Seattle, yeah, like downtown. in Seattle. Wow, I lived really in cool. a little neighborhood called Green Lake. Yeah. So they have neighborhoods instead of like boroughs. Or, okay. Um, and so I lived in Green Lake, which is the best neighborhood, if anyone is listening so cool. from Seattle. <laughs> um, so yeah, I loved it. But yeah. we moved back when my husband and I were pregnant with our first. Okay. I wanted to be close to family. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Tell us a little bit about how you engage with this infertility community. Yeah. So I was always told that it would probably be hard for me to have kids. I have PCOS. Mm-hmm. Just so anyone listening that has PCOS, they understand that like you just don't know yeah. what's right. going to happen. Yeah. Um, when were you told yeah, How old were you? When I was like 16. That's so every, every Because I just didn't have a period until I was like. 18. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So oh, wow. it was very like, we don't, we don't know what's going on with you, but it's probably gonna, like, it was just that blanket statement of yeah. like, good luck to you. Yeah. Mm. Um, did you think about like, did you think about it going forward when you were a teenager? Cause I, with the people we've talked to, some of them are like, wow, whatever. That's kind of weird. Some other people are like, I guess I'll just never have kids. It's just, it's such and a weird people, thing to be told at that age. Yeah. Some people feel like that's when their infertility started mm. was that I didn't have to think about that. Right. At 16. No, I was just having regular periods. And I just didn't living even know my how life. kids were born when I was 16. <laughs> I know. Doug. They just Doug, show up. It's one day. called sex, Doug. <laughs> that's what it's called. Um, but you know what I mean? Like I didn't have that. And there was one girl in our group in particularly that she was like, I feel like that's when my infertility started. Like I had to think about things that none of my friends at 16 had to think yeah. about. Yeah. So would you say you were similar kind of? Or? I feel like I was very, which is my MO, dismissive. Mm. So I was like, not my problem right now. Like, mm-hmm. don't want kids anyways. But I remember my mom being really, like, asking a lot of questions and being really into, like, the doctor's appointments around it, mm. around, like, she hasn't started her period. Is she going to start her period? And then when it did start, where is it? Like, because mm. it, it just started and then... I wouldn't have one for like a year or mm. something. So it was very irregular. It was just wonky is yeah. the best word. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really care because I just didn't, I don't think I really understood 
and I don't think I let myself right. understand yeah. the impacts. Right. But I remember my mom and me being like frust- like annoyed or like embarrassed that my mom was like asking so many questions. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then I just did the go on birth control thing mm. and everything right. gets better. Right. I mean, that's in quotes. quotes. Everything right. gets better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really didn't think about it. But I knew when I got married that it could take, I just assumed it would take a while. Mm. Um, mm. And so before we wanted to like have our first, I went off birth control really early. I mm. did all, I like looked up all of the things to try yeah. to do like acupuncture, whether they all work or not. Right. Supplements, da, 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 all the things. Mm. Um, and did you talk to your partner beforehand about it? Yes. Yeah, I said, this will probably take a while. It actually took my mom a while to get pregnant with me. Mm. Um, so in my head, I was like, this could take like a year or two. So let's start early Yeah. before I really like feel the need so I don't feel crazy about it because right. I def- am definitely somebody that can like go all in right? Mm-hmm. and get crazy. Um, and it actually wasn't, we got pregnant really quickly with my first. Mm-hmm. So I was like, take that. Doctors, what do you know? Right. Um, I think we got pregnant in like three months. Mm. So very quick. And I mean, looking back, it probably was coming off of birth control. Like I know all of that can kind of help with PCOS. Um, And so then I had this really wonderful pregnancy and I felt so empowered and like one with my body, which Mm. was new for me because I I was very disengaged from my body Mm. growing up. Just because it never worked. It, right. it never seemed to work the way that it should or look huh. the way that I wanted it to or any of those things. So mm. it was this. That's r- so powerful to be like, that is when you got engaged yes. with your body. Mm. How interesting. Yeah. So it's it was funny. Like, that people get told that, but that thing about PCOS, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it's going to be hard for you. And then it, it, what a mind trip as a mm-hmm. young person to go, yeah, who knows? And then, you know, you're going in, you're almost going into. Uh, maybe a, a relationship or a marriage and, mm-hmm. and trying with a really messed up mindset. It's a weird mindset to go into it, you know? Mm-hmm. For us, we were like, this will be easy. And then we were kind of hit like a ton of bricks. Yeah. But I don't know if that's better or, I mean, they're probably just both horrible. But to go in, uh, you know, prepping your you know, your your partner, prepping mm-hmm. the relationship to say, well, this is going to be tough. And then it's then it's not incredibly tough for the first, first time. I mean, yes. the story goes on. But... <laughs> yeah. but then it's not, it's almost like a mind trip. It's like, what the heck? Like, why did I for years, maybe a decade or whatever? Yeah. Like whiplash. It a hundred percent was, it felt like emotional whiplash from myself, from my own fertility, reproductive. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I had this great reproductive whiplash. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Yeah. She's rude. She's rude. My uterus, but yeah. So, and then I, like I said, I had this great pregnancy, great mm-hmm. birth. Like it was very empowered. I like had him out of a hospital, unmedicated. Like I was mm. very in charge. Like yeah. I like really went all in because mm. I was like, wow, my body is doing exactly what it was created to do. How, how foreign. Yeah. How, right. Right. How unexpected. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second time around, we started trying and I had a feeling that things were just kind of off just from my period and mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can I say that on a podcast? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course yeah. I can. You can say be, vagina. <laughs> You'd be shocked what you could say on this podcast. <laughs> well, especially on this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was like, things were kind of off again. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this might be hard. So let, again, let's start sooner than 
maybe when we would want a baby. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, this time it ended up being just much more difficult. So we ended yeah. up having to go to a fertility doctor and do, you know, you just start with like the letrozole, then the yeah. Clomid and then right. the shots. And yeah. um, my husband isn't, his sperm is fine, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> He's great. So they're like, we don't like IUI isn't really like what you're doing at home is fine. You don't need to like yeah. ha- do an IUI. Right. So as long as we can get me like ovulate and all of that. So this mm-hmm. was probably like a year process. And then we finally got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is, is I got pregnant or I had my period. So I was like not pregnant. Mm-hmm. I was scheduled for an HSG. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right before my thing, the, the procedure, yeah. they did a pregnancy test and it came back pregnant. Oh, and I'm wow. like, but I just had my period. Oh wow! So how am I pregnant? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, sometimes you just have bleeding. So it was like this, I'm not pregnant this cycle too. I am pregnant, yeah. but let's watch it. Yeah. Mm. And then what was that like? It's a miserable, yeah, it's it, miserable, like yeah. whiplash. Yeah. yeah. And we, my whole family went on vacation. So I'm like on vacation being like, am I going to have a miscarriage? Am I pregnant? Mm. Yeah. Am I going to have a miss? Like just back and forth. And then getting, I went to a hospital while we were on vacation to like get my blood drawn mm. and all of my numbers were going up. So then it was like, okay, no, I think it's sticking. This is happening yeah. right. and being so excited, but still nervous. And then like a week later, having another blood draw and having everything just plummet and it yeah. not. So again, it was like this whiplash of like, no, not this month. Oh wait. Yes. Right. But be like cautiously optimistic and then being like, yes, it's happening. It's happening. Right. And then mm. it's not happening. Yeah. Right. So it was, it was early, but it was still just really hard because yeah. we had for a year yes. been working and it was like, for me, I think it was less of the loss of at first, like it being a baby and just, the hope of, mm. wow, we finally did it. Mm-hmm. We finally got here. Right. And then, no. Yeah, it's like, it, right. it happened the first time, and, and then it's like, why isn't it not happening? Yes. This is like, look how much work we have to do. Yes. And then you're like, then it, it does work, and you're like, oh my gosh, what a crazy surprise and whiplash, mm-hmm. but we did the work, and we like, did we did work. it, and then for... And it now to, we got the reward. Yes, and then for it, to, for it to fail is like, it's just unspeakably painful right you're like why yeah we did the work we We did did the the thing and it already we already i already did this like what's wrong it feels unjust maybe that's the word like unjust that is a great word right because it it all worked before so why am i having trouble now like Mm -hmm. i had like done the work with my own like body too to be like we were good me and you yeah we were vibing (laughs) like we understood each other like there was a kindness and then i went straight back to being like you piece of shit yeah (laughs) yeah like how dare you do this to me like you're everything i thought you were like how quickly i bet like you turned on it back into yeah Yeah. that's so i think that was the hardest part of just being like wow can i still be kind to myself even in the midst of not having what I want or yeah. expect right. from my body. Did you right. find that that when you maybe opened up about this to people mm-hmm. that that you got a lot of well, you already have one, yeah, kind of things. Was that common? Yeah, less. I think that came more from me. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Natalie, you you didn't even know if you were gonna have one, so right. maybe you should just be happy with yeah. what you've got mm-hmm. and worry less about the intervals between the two and the getting pregnant again and the all the things that I got wrapped up in. It was, I was very cruel to myself of 
maybe you need to just be happy with what you got. Like some people don't even get this. You didn't even think you were going to get this. Right. So I think that's part of the, I, the hard part of secondary infertility to me was, do I need to just accept and be happy with, Mm. or can I fight for more when that feels selfish almost? Mm -hmm. And can I be disappointed when it did, you know, like it did work, but now it doesn't. Right. It's so funny how we do that in secondary infertility. But we don't look at someone that has like five kids and we go, wow, you're really selfish to have five <laughs> kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, right. But then we do that to ourselves of like, how selfish am I that I want more kids? Yes. Yeah. That yeah. is like so wrong to me. It's weird too. I think about even just, you know, being on a podcast and, you know, Jesse and I running an organization and mm-hmm. all of us being part of this, this thing about where we're trying to speak into the infertility community. It's like, at what point do you get? authority to speak right oh. sometimes, sometimes like this is oh gosh can i be like honest sometimes i'll Please, be Doug, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll even think like i'm glad that we never were able to have kids when we're mm. when we're like on stage talking mm-hmm. about it because i'm like no one can point and be like well it worked for you yes and it's like you don't want to be like no i'm the worst i failed <laughs> like i failed children I, you know yeah. and it's like and i'm well i'm glad i did because i would the guilt of people being like, well, it worked for you. Yeah. like, Or that, you don't truly understand my yes, full pain because totally. you got out of your pain. Because that's what happens, right? We have a yeah. baby and no more pain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. That's a joke. Yeah, that's a right. joke. Yeah. But, it, and I think you're so right. It's like, we have to almost prove it. Who are we proving it to? We're probably proving it to ourselves. Yes, right. Which is just weird. You know, I, I do think you have to, it is true that it's hard to, understand conceptually infertility Mm -hmm. until you've experienced it. Mm -hmm. But then once you're in the community and you have the understanding of it, why would we ever try to rate the experiences? Like that's just such an unhelpful. Can I be honest? Secondary infertility is just fits right into that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Can I be honest and vulnerable? I, I have thought Mm -hmm. if we accidentally get pregnant, which we will not, that will never happen. Accidentally get pregnant. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. I think the doctor said we have a less than one percent chance. Yeah, I we think have that a negative percent chance. A negative percent chance. That's such a nice conversation to have with a doctor. <laughs> right. Exactly. I know. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. Um, but our, especially our combination together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I have yeah. thought. I remember just recently. It was probably like eight months ago. Mm-hmm. I like my period was a little bit late, and I was having mm-hmm. these weird feelings, and I was like, I literally thought uniquely it will go down. Oh. If I get pregnant, yeah. uniquely knitted will crash. You have to have the baby in secret. I will or something. never. I, w- I will have to have the baby in secret. That's so funny. I've I've like had this conversation. I've only yeah. thought this in my mind and never said it out loud. Yeah. That I literally have thought if I get pregnant, we will no longer have a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And what the because hell? you having a baby invalidates yes everything you've built yeah. right somehow somehow. It but does. I've only done that. But then I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just interesting. Whereas if somebody else in your community got pregnant would you not over just the scream for them right over but the we moon. can't do it for ourselves right yeah. right so crazy well okay this brings us to <laughs> kind yeah. of after a, that sidebar this yeah. brings us to a topic that and you know you can finish oh, we want you to finish your story yeah. later but um you have a lot you're here for us for the long haul yeah. so no, don't worry good. I, I went very deep into that story i probably no yeah. no it's no, good because it, it brought us exactly to where i think we want to talk about today yes. on this podcast is just to briefly touch on why we should actually reach out and get support from the community. Yeah. Because there, I think there are dangers in trying to just completely go through this by ourselves. Yes. One, you get these scenarios where like for me or you, we're like, 
we know we, if we have children, you know, we'll be invalidated, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we don't have the worst case scenario, you know, mm-hmm. or for you thinking if I just, I can't reach out and talk about it with anyone because no one will get it. And it's just not true. Mm-hmm. The more we reach out in community and we've seen this firsthand, the more you share your experience with other people, not only does it change you, mm-hmm. it changes the other people and it changes the experience of infertility. Yes. It makes it something bigger, more, more culturally. It makes it a more cultural thing, right? Yeah. That, that you can share your experience of secondary infertility. Mm-hmm. You can share your experience for us of never having children mm-hmm. and we can care for one another. Yeah. So I, I think it's just, I'd love for us to go around and each just speak to that. Why is it important? for anyone who's experienced any kind of infertility to reach out to others who've experienced it and just talk, just get your story off your chest, process it. Why is it important? Maybe. And why is it important for you in your life? Jesse, you go first. I love that. When you struggle with infertility, it is so all consuming. Mm -hmm. So I just think my first right in the front of my head, topic that I would say is just like getting it out because it's right there yeah I have never been more all consumed by something in my entire life and so I just think get it out get it out like it's Mm -hmm. so right here that it's like but as soon as you see someone it's like up I'm fine. It's all fine. And I'm not going to talk about it. So I just think how consumed you are in your brain. You got to let that out, get what's in here out, Mm -hmm. out into the world. Um, and I think that it's really hard because when you're struggling with infertility, I, th- I think like other sad things and other sad griefs, you just get a lot of stupid, ignorant comments and mm-hmm. it really makes people shut down and it really invalidates people's pain a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. But if us as an infertility community doesn't start to speak out and doesn't start to share our stories, who is gonna, Mm -hmm. who is going to change those things? Who is going to change the people to stop saying, relax your 90 year old grandma. You might not be able to change her. You know what I mean? Because she's too fast gone or exactly. (laughs) Just let her live in the relax (laughs) comment and then have the glass of wine comment. Just, just let her be. Oh, I can't. But I know (laughs) with that comment, I know, I know, but it's like, who's going to educate, who Mm -hmm. is going to, Mm. you know, change, this, you know, the way that we talk about it. And I feel like people come come to us all the time and be like, I want to help change. I want to help change. I want to help change. And sharing your story, that's mm-hmm. the way to do it. And I just feel like and there's... And it doesn't necessarily have to be with people who don't get it. I think sharing your story with other people who've course. gone through it, it creates a, a communal bond. Yes. I think it's a great place to practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When start, you have yeah. shared grief, whatever the shared grief is, when you have shared grief, it's a great place to practice with someone that knows exactly what you're going through. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a great place for first starts to do all that. So then hopefully you can, you know, expand your sharing of your story to other people, Absolutely. not just people that get it. Right. Yeah. There's my answer. Cut. Done. <laughs> I love it. And I love that you touched on kind of what I would say, which is the validation. Yeah. I think Mm. sharing validates your story and your struggle and your hurts and all of those nasty feelings within it that we so easily can dismiss of being like, not a big deal or someone has it worse or I can try again, whatever, whatever the thought is that pops up for you. I like, I will actually say when I was in the building resilience, Uh which I did this summer, it was great having the group, validate my experience because yeah. I'm so quick to invalidate 
my experience because right. mm-hmm. it, it's technically ended well for me both right. times. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Um, but having people look you in the face with maybe different stories, like yeah. people that I would say have a harder story mm-hmm. for my, how I categorize it, mm-hmm. having right. them be like, no, you can be here. You're right. still a part mm. of this. Like right. that was hard. Yeah. That was shitty. That was whatever. Yeah. That is really powerful and really, really healing to do. Um, and I, I don't agree. think we know that. I don't think we, I don't think we're aware of that until we experience it. Cause mm-hmm. I don't think I would necessarily say, yeah, someone looking me in the face and being like, that sounds like a hard year for you is going to be helpful. But it's so much more yeah. than that. It's them sitting with you in that story and mm-hmm. then being like, Yes. Yes. I see you in that. And that sounds really hard. Right. There's that's power. That's powerful. And I think and it, healing. And I think yes. it changes you. Like I think it changes your perspective of your own world. Mm-hmm. You know? For me, when we were in the middle of IVF especially, like my internal world was so messed up. And I thought it was just my internal world. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way anyone else could be where I'm at. You mm-hmm. know, I knew other people had those experiences, but they weren't like my experiences, no. my internal world. I was failing and it was darker and it was harder. And and I was like, there's no way to validate mm-hmm. if what I'm going through is the same as what other people went through. I mean, you could read a book about someone or yes. read some other story, but it didn't change my internal world. Yeah. And I think infertility can make you feel like you're a bad person for all these thoughts too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like these ugly thoughts that you have of like seeing someone pregnant being like, oh, I wish that. So being in that group can validate of like, I've thought that too. Oh, yeah. I've thought that too. And all yeah. those crazy or like, I feel like we've had a lot of people in our group say, I know this might make me sound like a bad person. And right. it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make you sound like a bad person. Or make person. me sound it's, crazy. Or yeah. make me sound crazy. And yeah. to meet someone in that space, that's power. Yes. Yeah. And c- to me, it's, none of the things that I was trying to do to heal my internal world were actually changing my internal world. So I would read a story or, you know, Google search stuff about infertility or, or, or I don't know, has anyone ever done this? Like what celebrities have struggled oh, with? Totally. Infer- yes. You know what I mean? Totally. And then you're like, oh, okay, Danny DeVito struggled to have kids. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I was like, is that true? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's true. I don't think so. I don't even know if Danny DeVito has kids, but I don't even know if anyone knows who Danny DeVito is. Do you? Yes, I do. Of course. Right? Okay. Danny DeVito. Whatever. But do you know what I mean? Like, you're like, okay, well, they did. Mm -hmm. It didn't change my internal world. Like, I still was really in a bad place. But then meeting people who have gone through it and explaining, really, like, literally telling this, like, long-winded story about how I found out, how I felt. And then for them to be like, I see you in that and sit with you in that. And I've Mm -hmm. experienced that my internal world actually started to change. Mm-hmm. And I be, I'm like, okay, well, if that's the only thing that actually does change the internal piece, mm-hmm. you have to do it. Everyone has to do it because right. you can get some of these self-help things that feel really good, but the connecting with someone on this shared grief and this shared experience mm-hmm. is changing you. Well, then we have to do it because yes. don't, you know, there, you, there's not you don't have to go through this by yourself no suffering internally and hoping that like time will heal all wounds no and you truly should not you should you not truly <laughs> should not i think if we've learned anything from covid mm-hmm. it's how damaging isolation yes, is. yes yes how damaging it is it nothing gets fixed in isolation yeah Exactly. I, I think a that's what percent. I think that's what's powerful about seeking help. Mm-hmm. Whether you're doing it like 
as a DM, Instagram yeah, to totally. uniquely knitted, just reaching out to someone yeah. or a friend or a family member that is safe. That's, that's where the healing starts to happen is being in community with somebody else that can see Absolutely. you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have to be, you know, we say this all the time. We talk about these things on the podcast. Like they're so easy. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> or fixed, solved. like all you got to do is this. And it's like, that's the hardest thing it's on planet the hardest earth thing to do. Right. Um, but really to be as simplistic as we can be, I think it is that like a, a DM to someone, you know, who has gone through something like this, mm-hmm. a text, um, it can be really simple, but it starts with those tiny little vulnerable acts mm-hmm. of reaching out and the, you, those start to stack up on each other and you go, I start to, I'm starting to feel better, you know, right. but the vulnerability that it takes to do the first one, let us be the encouragement to say it's worth it. It's, it's so worth, worth it, it to do the first one. Yes. With safe people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, don't choose the worst person. <laughs> don't nope. choose the lady at the grocery store line. <laughs> or your 90-year-old like, grandma. Or the 90-year-old grandma. relax. <laughs> exactly. And say how cute your shirt is or whatever. Yeah. Well, I like, went to Twitter and I started uh, tweeting about my experience. It's right. probably not going to be a good call. Right, you know? right. Someone right. you know who's safe and loving yeah. and cares for you. Right. Yeah. And think about it. Think about those people in your life and hopefully you have someone. And if you don't, here I am. Bitches. That's literally (laughs) what we're here for. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We are so excited to be on this journey with you and we are just getting started. Natalie will be joining us much more in 2022, Mm -hmm. which is shocking because it still feels like it's 2019. Yeah. But 2022 is is very soon. Right. (laughs) Um, But as we go forward, look for Natalie's name on our site as a facilitator for our groups. She's going to jump in and fill more time slots that Jesse and I are unable to do. Mm -hmm. So the goal is as we grow and we Mm -hmm. service more fertility clinics and more areas of the country and more people that we would be running a ton of support groups that Mm -hmm. are starting every couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And Natalie's part of that movement. So thank you for being here. Thank you for joining the crew. How do you feel about running a support group? What are your thoughts that come up? So excited. Because I truly believe in the power of these kind of groups. Yeah. I mean, this isn't just, it's not just something you join and feel a little bit better. Like, mm-hmm. I truly believe that these groups help people start healing. Yeah. Or just start facing the total mess that infertility has made them feel inside. Mm-hmm. And it's a safe place to do it. So I'm excited um, because I, I believe in it. So. Yep. Well, we believe in you. So we're so grateful you're here. (laughs) Um, This is the last time you'll hear from us on this podcast. Forever. (laughs) It's over. Forever. No, until until February. We're coming back in February 2022. So we hope that you enjoy this end of the year and the beginning of the new year. Our groups, you'll be able to sign up for our groups that are starting in January, but you will hear back from us in February. Um, what you can do in the meantime is download all the podcasts and listen to them while you sleep. That <laughs> exactly. was what I would suggest. Just start from the beginning. On repeat. On if repeat. you miss us, just start from the beginning. <laughs> if you need a special cut of the podcast that's just my voice, let me know. I will do a super cut of only my parts. <laughs> That'll make people fall asleep. That's perfect. <laughs> Could you imagine how much you would go insane? Doug, it's I my think. life. That's my daily life. I can't you imagine. You would then experience it. what it's like to be Jesse. Yeah, a supercut of my voice in your ear all the time. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm you sorry. should make a track that's just for sleep. Yes, yes. your voice. It'll call. It'll be called Sleep Track Doug Cuts. Yes, yes. I love that. Look and for just that. Philosophy. Just look sh- for that. Yes. Yeah. 
If you want me to explain uh, realism to you, just let me know. Perfect. See, they're already asleep. <laughs> yep. It's already over. I'm asleep currently. Happy New Year, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy 2022. We Good will Lord. See you it's been next fun. Year. See you next year. show produced by the nonprofit Unifinkin. This is your place to process, cry, and laugh about infertility. We are so grateful to all of our wonderful donors who support this work. If you would like to learn more about how we serve the community and support the work of Uniquely Knitted, we encourage you to check us out at uniquelyknitted.org. If you enjoy this podcast and would like more people to hear it, please give us a rating and a comment in Apple Podcasts. This is the best way more people to hear these conversations. If you need to talk to someone about your feelings, please reach out to us. We are here to help you. If you would like to learn more about our unique process groups, please follow the link in our show notes. 